0: Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host Matt Michaels.
1: Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, how are you doing today?
2: Oh, doing wonderful. You know, the Mecca is a few days away and man, the the, the card's one of the best cards I think uh, we've ever put together for an FSW event.
1: Absolutely. And today we have one of those participants of the Mecca 8 card, the bad dude, Tito Escondido. How's it going, brother?
0: Good, man. Feels great to be back home. I'm rested up. I'm ready to fucking I'm ready to go. You know, uh,
1: let's just really quick touch on New Japan. What has that experience been like for you? Because now, from the last time the fans kind of saw you here in Vegas at FSW, you know, you were still a known person who had been here, but now you're a nationally known person, man. Inter- internationally. Internationally, yeah.
0: Um, It's been great, man. I've spent the last pretty much three months in Japan working for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, I did the five-week uh, G1 tour with my boy Jonah. Uh, came back for a few weeks. Went back out for a month with Jonah and Shane. Uh, came back for a day or two. Went to London, wrestled Okada. Came back for a day or two. Went back to Japan. So, I mean, it's been a whirlwind. It's been great. Uh, it's been like a dream come true. I've been working my ass off for so long. It's I'm glad something like this has uh, finally paid off. Joe, is it surprising
1: that it took you know, some front office so long to realize what Tito can bring to a company.
2: Well, it just shows you the mistakes these bigger companies did by not hiring me. I knew about Tito and Royce and Jarrell and (laughs) Hammerstone and cage and Eli Drake and all these guys beforehand, Ryan Taylor. What's crazy to me is how long it took for these guys. And it, You know, I know for them, there probably had to be a lot of frustration being in the business five, ten years and never seeming to get that big opportunity. You know, Gregory Sharp and Jacob Austin Young, they finally are getting a taste by doing the New Japan shows. Uh, Tito's all partner, our boy Che Cabrera, you know, starting to get noticed uh, in in a much bigger, uh, bigger scene. So it takes a lot of time in some cases. You know, it's crazy to see that a guy like Chris Bay in a couple of years, he got signed and he was frustrated like two years in and it's like, bro, Eli Drake's like in the business 12 years and you knew he was going to get there, but you just couldn't believe it took as long as it did.
1: Yeah. And speaking of that, um, we just talked to Kenny King the other day and Kenny just did his first new Japan taping uh, this past weekend. So It just goes to show you could be, you know, off someone's radar for years and years and years. And when you get the opportunity, Tito, what was it that you felt was your driving uh, force behind taking that opportunity, having the preparation? What was it that just made it click
0: for you when you finally got this chance? Well, they say that uh, luck is uh, when preparation meets opportunity. So I always try to stay ready. But um, once I got the chance, I always knew my style worked really great for New Japan. Uh, So once I got the opportunity, I I was stoked. You know, I was pretty surprised when I got the call. Um, But I had been working my whole career, you know, for this opportunity. And I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I knew exactly the style they were looking for. I was ready. I was in great shape. It was just about getting the right eyes on me at the right time and being on the right platform. And this was the platform. And then from there, uh, it pretty much skyrocketed because I had only been working for uh, New Japan Strong for seven months. And then I got the call right away to go to Japan. So I was doing something right. Yeah.
1: Um, And Joe, when you look at having the opportunity to bring Tito in, I know that... You know, Tito had a a pretty, you know, major injury there for a little bit when you were about to bring him back in. Um, What has it been this whole time that has kept Tito on your radar and has made him, you know, I'm fairly positive I can say, one of your favorite guys to actually work with?
2: Well, I remember the first time I met Tito, he was uh, working for Hood Slam, who was doing a show at the – old fsw arena and he started talking to me about some stuff and it was like oh okay yeah we'll, we'll try to bring you in and in reality tito was kind of the catalyst for all the really good santino guys that came in you know they brought in you know we had ray rosas a little bit but but talking with tito and then tito brought in che and then they brought in eli and they brought in douglas james and it was like the list goes on and these guys were really, really talented. They went out of their way to put over people, but they never put over guys that sucked. So it was like, how do you not listen to a guy who keeps bringing you talent that's going to come in, very inexpensive, they want to they want to prove their worth. And in bringing in Tito, he was a guy that I liked a lot. And then I liked Che a lot. And when we had them... Then we didn't have him. Then we had him again. And actually the injury, he was working for us for a good amount of time. He came back. Uh, he pinned Graves in a match. And we were really getting ready to set up him and Hammerstone. And in the meantime, we had brought him back. We did the Natural Born Killers show. And we knew Tito because he was doing the blood sport. So he was able to fit in in a lot of different molds. So... He was a guy that we planned on utilizing, and then uh,
0: he punctured his lung, I believe. Is that what happened? Uh, so I, I caught COVID, and then uh, from there, my lung collapsed. The whole thing collapsed. collapsed. that's right. And then uh, I thought it would be a lot – You know, I thought I'd be able to recover a lot quicker, and it just took way too long, and, and I couldn't do it. I think the at the Natural Born Thrill, uh, Killers, uh, I still wasn't recovered, but I, I tried to like do it. And that, as a wrestler, you're like, oh, I'm injured, but I'm still going to wrestle. I'm still going to perform. And I was like, all right, I can do this. But I was not. Fuck, I was not ready. So I had to take off time. That's what pretty much stopped me from going back to FSW after that. I took some time to recover and heal up. And then from there, it was just like dates, you know. But, yeah, it, it was uh, collapsed lung. No fun. Wow. And it, 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 was,
2: <laughs> it was dates and rates. I'll tell you what. <laughs> It was like, hey, he gave me that new rate. It was like before I even got to use it. It was like, oh shit, he's in Japan. I don't think that rate's gonna last any longer.
1: <laughs> well, let me ask you, Tito, because I think one of the things that I'm most impressed about, um, and after you know seeing you at Natural Born Killers the last time, um, you know, you did look like you were a little blown up, and it, it was definitely a struggle for you. And now I look at you and I go, what the hell did you do to get yourself into the shape you're in? Because
0: you are a monster right now, bro. Well, even before I got COVID, I was in really good shape. It was just like getting COVID that lasted like a month and then uh, having to recover. Like I couldn't work out. I couldn't train. But like uh, right now, I'm like 240 pounds. Uh, I'm not as good a shape as I was when I went to Japan. It was hard to... Hard to stay on a workout regimen, and also the food out there is kind of tremendously good. going to say, all that steak and sushi. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I hit the gym. I hit the weights like five, six times a week. I'm, I'm on the mats doing jujitsu like two or three, four times a week. So uh, just doing all that, eating good, you know, treating my body right, knowing when to recover. Now that I'm older, you got to take those recovery days. When I was younger, I did. I'll just uh, – I don't, I don't need to recover. I'll just – Stretch, you know, I'll just hit the weights, yeah. no problem. But now that I'm a little older, you got to be a little what's uh, more smarter about it. So, and then, and then I'm in the wrestling ring. I wrestle like two or three times a week sometimes. And whenever I want to try some new stuff, I'll go down to Santino's, try that out too. So, but yeah, I put on like 20 pounds since probably the last time you see me. I'm about 240, could still move, could still really agile, really athletic still. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's exciting because this
1: match coming up at Mecca is against another beast, man. And as Joe has uh, dubbed it, uh, what is it, Joe?
2: The the battle of the Bruiserweights? Actually, the first time we ever coined that phrase for a match, Tito Escondido was in the match, and it was at Mesquite when we did When Stars Collide. And... I believe it was Willie Mack, Brian Cage, and Alcatraz. Am I correct? Yeah, Dan. Joe's got a good memory. Well, and that was that was a monster four way then. And every time we had two, you know, big boys. Uh, I, I used to like to coin that phrase: the Battle of the Bruiserweights. These are two guys that were part of the MK Army, and now uh, Tito's killing it in New Japan. Toa's uh, getting a lot of love now in AEW. So, you know, this, this is a huge matchup.
1: Uh, Tito, since he brought it up, what are your memories of that, uh, that 4 away
0: match? Um, I remember it was actually really fast-paced, considering everyone was about 230, 240. I think Willie's probably a little bigger. Kay's probably a little bigger. But uh, I remember it being really fast-paced. Uh, going into it, I knew it was, it was a bunch of powerhouses. So... It was fun i had a lot of fun there the mesquite shows were great they're bigger shows and a huge venue so you know i've known alcatraz since i was probably like 17 years old so it was always fun being in the ring with him yeah alcatraz uh you know
1: going back to when i was at upw i mean alcatraz i think is what 69 or 70 years old now <laughs>
2: I, be, I believe he's close to that. If, if you've seen that Santa Claus white beard that he's got going on now.
1: Well, hopefully he gets word of this and comes out to Mecca. I Show was trying,
2: up. you know. I was trying to get him to come out for the anniversary Battle Royal, you know, bringing back uh, the, the old school. Oh, man. That would be
1: wonderful. Um,
0: it's been so a- Sosa, Joe.
1: Yes, that's
2: Jake uh, Bear's favorite wrestler. <laughs>
0: What's the, uh, what's the story on that, Tito? Uh, I've never met him. I just know uh, Joe and Che love some Sosa. But Joe? He was a guy who trained with us for
2: a little while. Uh, we did an angle with Rush, and Rush was like this amateur wrestler, and it was kind of like an Andy Kaufman type thing. So we set up an angle where Sosa's girlfriend came out, and Rush was like manhandling her, and Sosa came in to make the save. And, you know, Rush beat the fuck out of him. So then uh, he was feuding with Jay Cash, one of uh, Tito's old uh, nemesis. when the, the haters wrestled the Pistoleros, as Tito and Che were known back in the day. Uh, and Sosa, we like filmed stuff and he was training to wrestle because he wanted revenge on Rush. And before he had a match, we did Jay Cash versus Rush. And Sosa turned on J cash and this guy got so much heat. He never had a match. And then he just fucking stopped showing up. Like he was a star already. And he thought he should be like all over these shows. And it was like, this guy's a fucking goof. And Che always remembers it. And then, even when I saw Che at new Japan, he always brings up Sosa.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Tito, know, thinking about a guy like Toa and, um, you talk about another guy who uh, has gone through L.A. and uh, you know trained at Rikishi School there, um, and L.A. has always had a good reputation for the uh, the training there. When you look at his style and what he brings to the ring, what is it about this opportunity to wrestle him that kind of excites you about the possibilities of what you guys could do with the match? Because um, it, it is, to me... A lost art form of uh, seeing two guys your size tell those stories because we're so used to now just quick, 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 quick. Mm-hmm. But man, when you can lay into each other because you guys are heftier guys, you guys are tough, um, it's just a different story that I love a little bit more than the high flying and the quick lucha pace. What is it about this match that you
0: look forward to uh, getting an opportunity to wrestle Toa? You know, it's not very often that I I get in the ring with someone who's bigger than me or stronger than me. So uh, what I'm looking forward to is displaying a lot of my athleticism, which uh, I do. I do get to do quite often, but not as much as I plan on doing this week with such a big guy because I I can't match. I can't match strength with him because he's. I don't know if you've seen his Instagram, but he's very strong. Uh, And he's a powerhouse, man. I'm a powerhouse. Uh, I'm sure I'll be able to get some power stuff in, but at the same time, I'm not going to be able to manhandle him like I will some of my other opponents. So uh, I got to get creative. I got to use some of those uh, submission skills I have, uh, a lot of my athleticism. But also, like, there's nothing like two heavyweights, a big heavyweight story used to see in Japan all the big heavyweights fighting for the championship. Uh, you don't really see it too much. A lot of guys are, are real small, or maybe they just make the heavyweight cut, but uh, I'm looking forward to a hard-hitting, slobber knocker, a real, uh, real real, fight, that's for sure. Um, you know, speaking of
1: uh, Japan and the styles, what is it that you have kind of uh, been influenced uh, by over the last you know, months that you've been in Japan and, and on the tours, uh, you know, has anything kind of uh, crept into your repertoire that you might not have considered before or wanted to learn that you've kind of picked up on?
0: Uh, you know, the style is is a little bit different. So I've always, you know, I always keep my ears open, my mouth shut. I try to listen and learn because if you're not listening and learning in this business, you're you're just going to fade away. You got to evolve, continue to evolve. So uh, I just, you know, listen, I'll watch, I'll see what works for guys, what works for me, what doesn't. And it, it was pretty much like, uh, like getting my doctorate in pro wrestling. I really feel like, you know, like now I've graduated, I, I have my doctors in uh, pro wrestling. So I definitely did learn a lot. Uh, the psychology is a little different. It really helped me a lot because I love that style. That's my style. And just trying to like... Put dotting the I's, crossing the T's, you know, just really pinpointing the type of stuff I want to do that really, really helped me out. And then I had some great guys out there helping me, too. Jonah is an amazing wrestler, amazing heavyweight. Uh, I don't know if you saw his match against Okada the last uh, matches there, amazing matches. That's what two heavyweights should be doing, so uh, I definitely uh, picked his brain quite a bit while I was out there.
1: Yeah, that's what an advantage for you to get a chance to just kind of have that experience with a guy like him. And it, that's spectacular that you have a good enough relationship because, you know, sometimes, you know, you don't get along necessarily. You 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 you're a professional and you work, but you don't
0: have that relationship. So that's wonderful to hear. Yeah. Um, I've only known Jonah since like maybe last December, so not even a full year in uh that's my brother for life uh he, he's such a great dude so uh, we hit it off well we work great together and uh uh i'm looking forward to to working with him in the future for sure that's amazing well, okay.
2: tell tell him to get me tell him to give me the tito rate i'll bring him in
0: we <laughs> could have a tag team to new tag team champions i don't know we'll i'll have to talk to him about that joe we'll see maybe, well, maybe the donor rate how about that say that well, again Maybe I'll get the Jonah rate. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Hang on there.
1: Just uh, just all you have to do, to Tito, is just let Jonah know that he stays at the Casa de Falco. Okay. There you go.
2: And done. Uh, Free protein Joe. house. You know, that's like the uh, that's the thing all you guys like. Like Royce and Jarrell were like, oh, yeah, you got to get me protein house. It's like, dude. I have to pay you like three times what I used to pay you. What's going on? Yeah, uh, Joe. When you when you thought
1: about putting together this mecca, what was it that led you to coming up with this pairing? Was it did you know that you are going to have either guy? Uh, did it hit you? Uh, you know, maybe I should work on getting these two so I can put them against each other. How did this process come together for this match?
2: Well, in all honesty, what I did was contact the people that I kind of wanted to have on the show. And, you know, Tito's a guy. uh, We try to have him. Last couple of months, it was uh, New Japan was running. And it seemed like every Sunday, the anniversary show. So there was guys that we were looking to use, a Danny Limelight, a Bateman, the 1% guys, and Tito. And then all of a sudden, oh, New Japan's running that Sunday. Sunday, And then the next time it was, oh, New Japan's running that Sunday. Uh, I remember I was talking with Tito and he was going to be back in Japan. So we were trying to use him for the show before. So, or he was getting back, I think, the day before or something. But then New Japan in the U.S. was running. So it was like it just didn't work. And then, fortunately for us, New Japan ran uh, this past weekend, so I know for against all odds on November twentieth, these guys would be working New Japan again. So I have we do our Rumble. You know how good would the Rumble be? You know we got guys like Davey Richards, Carlito, Toa, and we were looking to have like Tito, Che, and Bateman, and more of those those guys, but also. Sharp and Jacob Austin Young—they're they're unavailable to us because they're all doing the uh, the LA shows. So, I contacted the people who you know I was looking to get, and recently Royce and Jarrell reached out that they were interested in in doing some stuff, and I figured this was the perfect time because they are getting that love. And Tom Lawler lives in Vegas, and Tom, if he's available, he'll work any show, but. He's hard to pin down and, you know, to just throw him in a random show doesn't really help us in any way. And, you know, cost effectiveness and all that stuff. So when we were able to, it was like, okay, we got these guys. And what I really like about this Mecca, it's like it really is the past, present and future of future stars of wrestling. Because you got guys like like Tito and Royce and Jarrell who were with us eight, nine years ago when their name value was not significant. They were really good wrestlers, but they have become so much better that now they belong in these matches, and now we can look back at our past and say, these were the guys that, you know, Hammerstone, that started with us very early in their career, where I saw a lot of potential, and now these guys are killing it. And to be able to have them again, it's like being able to use Cross when we were able to use them again. And because Bay's an impact that we can still use them. That's what sets us apart from most companies in the independent world, especially on the West Coast, that when you say FSW, Tito worked for us as much as he worked for any other company on the West Coast. You know, we won't count Marquez, you know, Hollywood, you know. I got I got Marquez today, actually. Ah, oh,
0: there you go. Yes, now he he's had a throwdown too. Yeah, it's it's cool because like there was a time when I was going to Vegas maybe three times a month to come out there and wrestle for Joe. I was out there all the time, so it was great. I always love working for Joe. I like busting his balls. I'm pretty sure he likes busting my balls. So. Oh,
2: absolutely. <laughs> and, and that's the thing with FSW. If you look at the core roster of guys. We kind of weeded out the guys that were kind of douches and people didn't like, and, and that locker room was a really good locker room. It's, they knew whether it was the Reno scum or Tito and Che, they understood the pay wasn't great, but in most cases they were going to get to work really good people. And there was a really good crowd at Samstown and the Silverton where you're going to wrestle in front of four or five, 700 people. So the, the value had nothing to do with the money it had to do with the camaraderie and, and, and people that when you wanted to have a good card and, you know, and a lot of times if Tito was on a show, for example, somewhere in California, Tito probably could count two or three guys. If they were lucky that were as good as his level, he goes to an FSW show. There's 12, 14 guys that are like, these guys are as good as me. So no matter who you're going to work, it's going to be a good match in most cases.
1: You know, let me ask you too, about that. The, um, the idea of working a casino show when you're young and you're trying to grow in the business. And a lot of times, um, you know, L.A., there's exceptions, but a lot of times in California, you're working some of these gym halls, you're working some of the uh, – vfw halls you know these just these small spaces uh crowds of 20 to 40 people and here you get an opportunity in vegas to work big crowds what is that difference for you as a young wrestler and is there advice to guys who are coming up now in terms of what they should look for as a professional to get to the level where they can find opportunities, where they could wrestle on shows that have crowds of four or five,
0: 600 people. Um, definitely like the energy. There's definitely more energy in those uh, crowds that, have, you know, 700 people compared to 40 and you could, you really, really feel it. And uh, it could help you get through a match. It, it could, if you don't have a, like strong mental uh, capacity, it could bury you. So being able to, hide your nerves, being able to make that work for you. Definitely it prepares you for these bigger shows that I'm doing. Um, but as far as younger guys, they just need to work as much as possible. If they could get to Joe in front of a big crowd, that's it's going to help them tremendously because uh, there's something special about those big shows, man, because uh, it's a bit bigger platform. Uh, it helps you as a professional. Um, a lot of it is nerves too. You got to channel your nerves because uh, it, it's like uh two sides of a fence. You could really elevate you or it could just totally bury you. Uh, and I've seen it happen. I've seen guys who've wrestled for 15 years, go and wrestle big shows and they totally shit the bed. And maybe they weren't prepared because they weren't working for Joe in those 700 uh, capacity crowds.
2: You know, there you go. I remember it was, uh, You know, you can look back, you go to that FSW network and you could see Tito and Che against Hammerstone and Graves, you know, the early days, the gods of war, or they feuded with the following or, or even the goofs, the BFFs with Dak Draper, who's now NWA was a ring of honor guy and, and, and Marty, the moth and all these guys that were there years and years ago. I remember it just came up on the feed. Uh, the Silverton show where the ring broke, I, uh, the the rope broke, and Che and I didn't remember it, but I saw the post. So Che Cabrera obviously broke the rope, and we had so to, no top rope, I believe. What for the entire rest of the show? It was like the last three matches, yeah. So <laughs> Hammerstone Hammerstone wrestled Cross without a rope.
0: <laughs> I was just talking about that the other day, me and Che. Well, you know, speaking of that, you know, what are your memories
1: like that you've you know had over the years with Che? What does he mean to you in your
0: life? Oh, that sounds sweet. Uh, that's my best friend, man. That's uh, he's actually coming up to pick me up in a few in an hour, or so so we could go hit the road and uh, go wrestle for Marquez. But uh, that's my boy. I love that guy to death. Uh, we've wrestled in Arizona for Joe in uh vegas for joe mesquite uh the road trips uh the fucking the nightlife uh, uh that's my dog man if i could get him over to japan that's like the next goal for me and him but uh that that guy's my my brother for life i love that dude forever yeah he, and yeah. he's looking he's looking great too man i it's like
1: he stepped up his game so i i,
2: I always i always joked Whenever Tito and Che came, it would be like one was in great shape and the other was a little chubby. And then the next time, the other guy was in great shape and then the other one was a little chubby. And it's like now they're both like at the top of their game.
0: Yeah, 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 that's
1: it's amazing. And hopefully, you know, uh, New Japan takes notice and uh, we can see you either teaming or going against each other over in Japan, which
0: would be phenomenal, man. I've got to wrestle Che quite a few times. It's very painful. But, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, I'm a bad dude, brother. I'm going to beat his ass, that's for sure. And he knows it. You know it, Che. I know you know it. Joe, any interest in booking that match? Uh, No,
2: I'd rather have them together as a team and bring them back. The Pistoleros, the Wolf Zaddies. I think we had another corny name for you guys at one point. I don't
0: remember. We've gone through quite a bit of them, actually.
2: But down the line, yeah, definitely would be interested in. Uh, and, and that's the thing we actually did discuss it. We, you know, because Che had kind of been out for for a long while, right? And yeah. you know, he is uh, absent from most social media platforms. Like he doesn't even exist. I'm like, did this motherfucker block me or something? Like, what the fuck? He's not on Facebook, but it's like the dude doesn't do Facebook, you know? So he's on now- actually. Instagram and twitter
0: now
2: yes yes he's, he did mention that but he did give me his phone number i actually chatted with him this week because i was seeing if he was booked for new japan on november 20th because you know i was looking and possibly bring him back for the rumble but it seems like he's been working a lot of the la shows now moving yeah. forward yeah. so you know but we'll get the dates like now i know so when we do no escape in january for example uh, I'll make sure it's the week probably after. Because New Japan seems to run the middle of the month when they do the shows on Sundays in the uh, U.S. Mm-hmm. So I'll just get, you know, not that Rocky Romero would ever return my message or anything. So I'll have to find through somebody else, uh, you know, future dates. But, yeah, the the return of the Pistoleros, brother, that could happen uh, sooner than you think. <laughs> Would that, you know,
1: ultimately, Tito, would that be something that would be kind of a dream opportunity for you is to have that tag team on an AEW, New Japan, WWE? Would that be something that you just you couldn't think of anything better than, you know, having
0: that opportunity to? Yeah, I think that's definitely the dream because I love tag team wrestling. Uh, I do singles when when, uh, it comes up or if I get booked, but I'd rather tag with Che, you know? Uh, So if we could get AEW, NXT, New Japan, WWE, anything like that where it would just elevate us, the pay would be great, and we'd get to work together, then, yeah, that's definitely the dream.
2: So I got one big question. I forgot. I haven't talked to you since, but did you guys fuck up the
0: Suavecitos for me when you wrestled them? (laughs) Oh, uh, Yeah we didn't get we didn't wrestle them you were supposed to no no they wrestled uh someone else ah we we did see them though it was quite entertaining They they, and and shook my hand like they uh it was the first time meeting me it was almost like wrestling like you look at them and it
2: was like wow if the pistoleros were midgets they would have been the suavecitos
0: yeah it's like, uh, they said, hey, uh, Cheeto, nice to meet you. I said, what the fuck are you talking about? I've met you fucking like five times. <laughs> yeah, they're very humble
2: outside of FSW for some weird reason. Said, uh, Oh, yeah, maybe Joe was right. I do got to beat
0: your, guy, your ass. <laughs> yeah, because I remember saying something to you about it, because I thought you yeah. were going to work him or something. No, we we worked Doomfly. They were just on the card. We saw them there. Gotcha. Well, then I'll have to book it for the return match. Pistoleros
2: return to wrestle the Suavecitos.
0: Perfect.
1: Yeah, if you really want to punish them, you don't tell the Suavecitos who their opponent is. Then just have those guys go. Yeah, we tell
2: them they're working greatness and tenacious instead. (laughs) Uh,
1: I know you got to get going, uh, Tito, uh, to make it uh, over to the tapings. So. Um, as we wrap up uh, with you, let me just ask you, what do the fans in Vegas mean to you in terms of their support
0: for you over the years? Uh, to be honest, I don't give a shit, man. They've never, they've never really liked me there. He- I have a few here and there, but they could give a shit about me. They always, they're, they're more of the hometown guys. They want the hometown guys to go over on me, so... They could could eat it for all I give shit. The the only time... There was two times Tito kind of was
2: over. Like, where the fans really, like, got behind him. One time was at the Natural Born Killer show when uh, he kicked the shit out of Calder McCall. Like, the crowd was, like, probably had never seen Tito do a lot of the stuff he did, and they were digging it. And the other time was when... Uh, we had to destroy Rocky and his crew, and of course, Tito
0: and Che were part of Team Joe. Yeah, oh yeah, Team Joe forever. Was was Cross the other guy? <laughs> oh shit, I don't remember. Your memory's probably better than mine. But <laughs> yeah, so it was uh, Team Joe against Team Rocky, we fucking smashed them. You know, there's a there's a few fans out there that are really kind, and I appreciate them, and uh, they're very supportive. I always appreciate that. But uh, charge- I, I bet he has a lot more on Sunday. Oh, Tito, we've loved you for so long. Yeah, no, I definitely <laughs> noticed that since coming back. Can I get a free picture with you at the meet and greet? Yeah, it's, I'm gonna charge double.
1: <laughs> uh, man, it's it's always great to uh, to talk to you. It's always great to see you wrestle and i think above anything else right now it's just wonderful to see you having this type of success and it just shows that in this business if you are a a humble good person who like you said is willing to keep the mouth shut and listen and you just pursue it pursue it pursue it eventually good things do you know pay off and You have become one of the best examples of what people should look to do in their careers to become the type of wrestler that you've become, man. And it's just amazing to see you have this success.
0: Appreciate that, man. Thank you very much.
2: You know, the only guy that I know more humble than Tito is probably Danny Limelight, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just a a humble servant. Humble servant wrestling all right Tito I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go so you can get on
1: your way and Joe we're gonna clock here for just a little bit more uh so uh I'm gonna remove you here Tito and then you can uh uh take off and man appreciate it again
0: thanks a lot guys I'll see you uh Sunday
1: see you later see you then all right Joe so that is going to be a pretty damn good match. Um, very excited about that one. Uh, and we have a huge card that you've got going on. Like you said, this is probably one of the best cards you've ever booked. Um, when you look at the main event, you look at Bay, Cage, and Hammerstone, what is it that you're looking forward to? Because these guys know each other fairly well. Um cage and bay are not i mean it, we haven't seen much of those two right they haven't really intersected they were much. they
2: were in the three-way for the mecca grand championship were the they? first one the first when one. Uh, john morrison it was john morrison brian cage and chris bay and that was chris bay's coming out party those guys made chris bay look like a star yeah that's right um so
1: now when you have this mix with Hammerstone Bay and cage and it's a ladder match, man, um, do you, do you expect that these guys are just going to do something that will be memorable for the fans? Um, and maybe even, you know, one of those moments where you see one of the, the crowning moments of, uh, FSW, where this is a match that will be talked about for a long time.
2: Well, we're definitely hoping it will be. You got the FSW heavyweight champion in the match, Hammerstone. You got Chris Bay, who's won almost every championship in FSW. You got Brian Cage, who's a uh, a nationally known superstar, who's a former FSW heavyweight champion, that won the title in a tlc match against maybe the greatest tlc guy of all time next to his brother matt hart so and every time you see a brian cage match most of the time you're looking at perhaps the match of the night the the three-way they had for the mecca grand championship was the match of the night uh when 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 the Mecca was called When Stars Collide, Brian Cage, Sammy Callahan, and Keith Lee. Another three-way was the match of the night. So this is the third time Brian Cage steps in to the Mecca in a triple threat match and sky's the limit. So if Brian Cage wins the Grand Mecca Championship
1: belt. Um, as it looks like on AEW, he could probably just show up and wear that title, and they'll probably just put it into their.
2: <laughs> yeah, they put it into the mix. Why not? You know.
1: <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, the, the the tag team match with uh, TBD. Ah, uh, Shogun and Hero getting that opportunity against Carlito and Chris Masters. Um, when you look at this match, we're we're finally at this point where it's a you know it's a couple days away. What is it that you think is going through Shogun and Hero's mind, knowing that this is probably one of the biggest opportunities that they've gotten in their careers? Um, and is it kind of nerve wracking? Cause Tito was talking about nerves. How do you combat those nerves if they have them going into a match like this?
2: Well, it isn't one of theirs. It is the biggest match that these guys have ever had. They're going to wrestle two guys, international superstars, former WWE champions at different times, uh, Chris Masters, in the best shape of his life, recently was an NWA champion again, uh, Carlito looking amazing, and they can go, yeah. and this is a litmus test for TBD, because you got to remember, you know, a year ago, they weren't a tag team, right, you know, they were two up-and-coming big heavyweights that their future could have said FSW heavyweight champion. And it still can, and it may down the line. So, when I put Hammerstone in with Moose, I'm sorry, with Sammy Callahan at one of the Meccas, it was for me. It was also for Hammerstone, but it was for me to see If he was as good as I believed he was, but he hadn't worked that competition. So you like to say, well, hey, this guy, Sammy Callahan, he was in WWE and NXT or whatever it was back then. uh, Impact superstar. How good is Hammerstone and could he hang with that guy? And flying colors. Hammerstone proved he was as good as... A national level wrestler, then he wrestled moose, big guy, big boy, and he was able to manhandle moose. And now, Shogun, who has gotten very confident, not that he never was, that was always hero that seemed to be lacking that confidence and the energy level, and that's why I've kind of put them together. I felt hero could rise. Because the stuff he was lacking in didn't make him main event ready. But now, if that was the main event of any show, there would be no qualms with that whatsoever. It's going to be the semi-main, but the confidence level that TBD has gotten each time they've gone out there and wrestled, this is their opportunity. Six months ago, I'm not sure I would have wanted to put that match together, but they've been together. They're friends. They work out together. So there's that natural camaraderie between them already. It's similar to the 1% Royce and Jarrell, the wrecking crew. Now they were guys. We put them together, felt it would work. And all of a sudden they were training together, hanging out together, working together, tagging everywhere together. Well, a lot of times you put a tag team together, now they want to go down to best of the West and they want to go to this place and that place and they want to be single stars. They don't give a fuck. They're a tag team in FSW. And they've been braced that they're a tag team now. So hopefully they go out there and they kill it because it's going to be weird because I can't see Masters... And especially Carlito, because he's never been seen in, in, in FSW. He's never been seen in a local Vegas show. I can't believe a guy at his level is not going to be heavily cheered by the fans. So now the ultimate babyfaces, TBD, have a difficult task. And I think it's easier because it is Carlito and Masters. They could turn the crowd on a dime so i think we have it set on who's going to be a heel because tbd won't be so you know i think they'll play up to the crowd so i think this so there's numerous reasons for why this is a big match for them right you know working the bigger guys working former superstars title on the line in a mecca event you know those guys don't have a lot of experience working mecca shows right you know aew weekend they weren't on a show yeah. and they were my tag team champions because despite being the champions i felt the more experienced guys like juicy and toa or or whatever it was and back then it was death proof we're going to get that opportunity and now since that, that's only been since May, June, July, August, September. Five months later, now I feel they're ready. You know, a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, all people feel they're ready. You know, Brett the Threat feels he's ready and should have a match at Mecca. Nick Xander feels that he should not be suspended any longer and have a match at Mecca. Suabasitos feel they should have a match at Mecca. The Faction feels they should have a match at Mecca. Clutch feels like he should have a match at Mecca. Sin Bodie, Sky High. So those guys have been added to our one-hour pre-show event. The main event of the pre-show event will be an eight-man tag. It'll be the faction versus Sin Bodhi, Bodhi and Sky High. And we're also working on uh, what we're going to do for the first pre-show match, which will include Clutch. And we're also looking at David Richards at the seminar, possibly picking uh, the top performer in the seminar to earn his way onto the Mecca. So, you know, there's so much going on. And, you know, you look all over that card, and it's like, man, Toa and Tito, man, who's going to budge in that match? You got this crazy five-man scramble that the winner probably should be in line for a no-limits title match. Yeah. So, you know, Viva and Dark Sheik, you know, I just saw, you know, a retweet from Sheik and it got a lot of love, man. You know, even even known wrestlers, I think it was Vita Scott was putting over what a good match it's gonna be. Yeah. And looking forward to it. So we have a lot of first time matchups. And as I said, you know, you got the FSW mainstays, Remy Marcel and Sam Adonis, you know, Adonis International Superstar, Triple A, unmasked. I don't even know. He recently unmasked somebody, which is a really big deal in Mexico. And Team Filthy against. We coined the phrase Team Violence. We just wanted to have a team name. You know, a couple of people were goofing on it, but you can't. In all honesty, I wanted to use Violence Unlimited. That was Bateman and Funny Bones' team name 10 years ago. Yeah. But then when Bateman became in a group with Vincent and the other guy in Ring of Honor, they became Violence Unlimited. So even right. though Bateman's in the card, we probably could have, but it was like, eh, you know, we'll just say Team Filthy versus Team Violence. But. You ain't going to get three more violent guys than Cody, Funny, Bone, and Bateman. So they're, they're, the matches, it's crazy. You got you, you, you got the high-flying matches. You got the Bruiserweight matches. You got the ladder match. You got two of the top women wrestlers in the world. And superstars, as I said, Davy Richards. MLW champion, Hammerstone, an MLW champion, and Vandergriff, and Gregory Sharp. And then, you know, Matt gets to wrestle Kenny King, really the first time ever. Sharp and Davey, they came off a, a time limit draw that was really good. Now the Nevada State titles on the line. And it's like there there isn't a bathroom break match right on the show. The only time a bathroom break match is in between the first pre-show match and the second pre-show match. And then the rest of it, it's going to be three hours of high octane nonstop excitement, <laughs> except it's called Mecca 8. And obviously we could tell front row sold out, adding chairs as we speak. You know, normally you try to get about 80 front row seats. But because of our regulars and the thing, we're already at 90. And I'm still trying to figure out a way to add a few more. Wow. So because of the surplus and everybody buying the front row, usually our biggest issue is second row. Because a lot of times people, if they don't get front row, they're happy settling with the GA. But now we're moving a bunch of second row tickets just because, you know, they want to be closer. So, you know, it's, a, again, busy day, 12 o'clock, Davy Richards Seminar. Oh, yeah, Friday and Saturday, we're going to be running the ring crew and, and being there and security spots and whatever Impact needs for their tapings. So who's to say with Impact Friday and Saturday, what surprises could be in store for Mecca 8 because we have an entire major league roster, In town, 12 hours before our show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, who's to say Tommy Dreamer doesn't come out and help team violence? We don't know. It could happen.
1: Bubba Ray has been back in the ring now. so There you go. Repeat
2: his performance. Trey Miguel and Chris Bay, they're tight. Who's to say Trey Miguel doesn't influence the match in the main event for the Mecca Grant Championship with Hammerstone and Brian Cage, who maybe has some enemies from when he was the Impact Champion. That's true, too. Yeah, (laughs)
1: it's it's endless possibilities, which is phenomenal. And I think that. You know the buzz uh, of this card is definitely uh, pretty pretty high right now, which is a great thing. Um, fans, wow. if you are in Las Vegas, uh, it's the Silver Nugget Casino. The pre-show starts at four p.m. Pacific time. Uh, doors open at is it? Well,
2: doors open at four. The pre-shows right. specifically for the fans at home, so it'll be aired on Facebook and YouTube. Obviously, the fans in the audience at 4.30, we're going to start the wrestling. 3 o'clock is the meet and greet. So that's your opportunity to meet your favorite wrestlers, get some autographs, buy some merchandise, uh, things like that. Uh, Lo Brown, who is no longer with Impact, so you don't see him on commentary there. But you can see him on commentary on the Mecca. So he'll be joining Jake Black one of my favorite dudes on commentary, you know, it gives Jake so good. It gives me the opportunity to step back whenever we have a guy like D right? Because I've never been a guy. It's like, well, if, if I can find somebody at a good rate, who's as good or better than me, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I got to run a show and you know, a lot of guys would use the fact that I was on commentary to not be able to tell me things that they want to change and just do it and say, Oh, I would have told you, but I couldn't get you away from commentary. (laughs) So that doesn't get to be their excuse any longer.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah. And Dilo and uh, Jake always just a phenomenal job. Um, You look at a lot of broadcast teams throughout the country, uh, on the independent level, i uh, got to say, Jake and D'Lo probably top two. <laughs> you know They're, they're a fabulous uh, team together. Um, and uh, you'll be able to see it on Fight TV if you're not in Las Vegas or you can't make it out. will be $14.99. Uh, it's available for uh, purchase right now. Get that pre-purchase in. And uh, good thing about Fight TV, of course, if you purchase the pay-per-view and you can't watch it live you can watch it anytime so that's always an advantage as well uh joe so you-
2: we look, we're looking for brad reader you know he'll be having uh, an appearance i'm pretty sure
1: yeah and knowing brad he'll be watching you know live east coast time so uh i'm sure there'll be a couple uh, facebook updates on uh, what he thinks of the uh, action going on which is great um any final thoughts, Joe, as we wrap up uh, going into Mecca? Uh,
2: you know, I'm just really, really excited about that event. We're, we're going to be running a string of, of three events, and it's kind of lost in the shuffle that we have our big Halloween show. And yeah. we're going to have, even regardless of what happens in the, uh, the pre-show match with Bodhi, Sin Bodhi, and Sky High against the Faction – uh Bodie is going to wrestle braxton one-on-one in a lumberjack match at the halloween show uh we got a performance of the returning santana jackson who'll be on hand uh your guys maybe uh you can manage them for a night the suavecitos uh will be in action at the halloween show remy marcel will be on hand at the halloween show uh Matt Vandergriff, with or without the belt, will be on hand at the Halloween show. And, of course, the gimmick battle royal. So we're actually trying to get some of that stuff out this week to mix mix and match with everything going on. We have all the matches out already for the Mecca, but we still want to, you know, push it hard. Because you can never sell out of the uh, Silver Nugget because there's so many seats available. And standing room only as witnessed by uh GCW there at the full tilt weekend where there was probably almost a thousand people there. You know, we we'd yeah. like to get somewhere near that number. And and that card is one of the best cards you're gonna see in Vegas, bar none. Yeah. So, you know, look forward to that. Future shock in a couple weeks after that. And you know, you get to see some of the guys that you get to see on the Mecca. It's like I said You know, Lacey Ryan, Chris Bay, Killer Cross, all those guys made their debut on Future Shock. So, you know, that's a great opportunity. Uh, And I I believe Jacob Austin Young might actually be uh, appearing on Future Shock also. We get some of those veterans that like to come in and work with the younger guys and and help see where they're at. So that's a great showcase for the younger talent. Plus, you know, the AZ crew Arizona uh, guys that we expect to be there. Blair Brody and, and uh, Koa as well as Devin Reno. So, and hoping for that return of class coming before the year. So, yeah. uh,
1: Anticipating that, uh, you know, it's funny that you, can you believe that you've gone basically a whole year without class? It's, Like, when you think of all the talent you have, and there's a major guy who's been gone all this time, and it's so hard to even, like, think, like, oh, that's right. We haven't seen him in a while. So, uh uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, it looks like we got a little something popping up here.
3: Oh, look who made it. it. Look who made it. First of all, I don't understand why I didn't get an official invitation. One. Two. Joe, shut your mouth, leave the room while I talk to this man, uh Matt right here. What's up, Matt? Right.
1: What's up, Danny? I love you,
3: Mr. Limelight. Uh, One of my favorites. Let's, let's not let's not let's not uh let's not get all sentimental and shit. Um, yeah, I
2: was, I was just gonna give uh, uh, Danny some props. I, I've always talked about how when Sean Ricker, Eli Drake, Ellie Knight first came to FSW, we were enamored because he was so engaging on the microphone. And every time Danny sends a promo, and every time he's in the ring, you know, he's that guy right now that you, you either love him or hate him. You either want to see him get his ass kicked or, or beat the shit out of somebody. So he's definitely a guy that uh, we're looking forward to for a big
3: 2023. Well, I appreciate the compliments, Joe Defacco. How about you add a couple more zeros to the end of my paycheck? Now, if I'm, I'm here to talk about one. I'm here to talk about the Mecca. This Sunday... February, February, October 23rd. I'm already, I'm already looking towards February. I don't even know why. Maybe because it's Valentine's Day and uh, I'm going to be celebrating with some FSW gold and some roses and a beautiful woman in the bed. I don't know. I might, I might just lay up with the belt with my beautiful woman over here with some roses. You know, that's, that's why I'm thinking February, but this Sunday, October 23rd, the Mecca, the no limit scramble match. About time, Joe, you do something right and give me a shot at a championship, championship opportunity. And we got Damian Drake. Uh we have Brandon Gatson. We have just another young boy, J A Y, and uh Jordan Oasis, correct? Yes. Those are the four bouses I gotta slap around the ring in Vegas. Those are that the is, four. Those are the four. Okay. Yeah. Uh, are they tuned in? Are they listening? I got I just, just, just want to talk to them real quick. Y'all might as well not even show up. Just go straight to the casino. Wait, it was Sam's Town? Silver Nugget. Uh, where? Silver Nugget. The Silver Nugget. That's a stupid name for a hotel, Joe. Well, it's not a hotel. It's only a casino. That's a stupid name for a casino. Silver Nugget. They might as well just go to the casino and smoke cigarettes and drink alcohol and not show up. Let the ref count to 10. Hand me the number one contendership so I can go smack the shit out of Matt Vandegrift or whoever has the championship at the end of the night. So that way I can become no limits champion, Joe. What took you so long to be smart and realize that you should be putting your money on Danny Lomelite?
2: Well, you know, uh unfortunately, scheduling conflicts, you don't like to hear it, but you know, you're also a New Japan star. And, right. and we we ran two big shows against New Japan, and that's why we couldn't use you. This
3: is true. This is true. All right, I'll give you the benefit of doubtful ones because you're Puerto Rican, Joe.
1: I appreciate that. But, but, Danny, let me ask you really quick. How are you going to over, overcome four guys? It's four guys against you, man. And I have the faith that you can do it. I want to see you as a no-limits champion. But, you know, the fans at FSW, they have their favorites, like a Damian Drake who has been their guy forever. How do you overcome those four guys to uh, then take on that no-limits champion down the line?
3: Man, I don't understand how you can sit here, lick me in my face as a man, say you have faith in me, then ask me how I'm going to do it. That kind of contradicts itself, don't you think?
1: Uh, Journalism.
3: Yeah, shut up. Journalism. It's a stupid career choice, by the way. Okay? Vegas Bad Boys Podcast. You should name it to Vegas Dumbass Podcast. Stupid questions like that. I don't care about fan favorites. Being a favorite of the fan doesn't make you more money. You know what I'm saying? Being loved by the fans doesn't win championships. All I care about is stepping into the ring and getting my hand raised at the end of the night. I don't care if the fans like me. I don't care if they boo me. I don't care if they throw money in the ring at the end of the match. I don't care if they throw pennies at me. I don't care if they throw screamers. All I care about is proving to everybody in Vegas, once again, that I am the most phenomenal wrestler that has stepped into FSW in a very long time. I'm the most entertaining. I'm the most charismatic. I'm the most poppiest. And I don't care if they like Damian Drake, if they like Jay, if they like Jordan. Who the hell is Jordan Oasis?
1: He's a a young up-and-comer?
3: A young up-and-coming future stars of wrestling. Joe, you just love that shit, don't you, Joe? Future stars of wrestling. You just love to brag about all your little future stars. I'm a current star. So they're going to have to wait a little longer. The future's not here yet for them. I'm walking in Sunday. I'm smacking the shit out of all four of them in front of whoever they bring to sit and cheer for them. And then I'm walking out champion however many months down the line. That's the bottom line. How am I going to do it? By doing what I do best. Talking my shit and backing it up. Does Joe? that answer your question, journalist Matt Michaels?
1: I I think it does. And okay. Joe, are are you are you
2: ready to 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 uh,
1: are you
3: ready, Joe, to keep paying me all this money to come wrestle and be your champion?
2: Not really, but I'm willing to.
3: Okay, as long as you're willing to, and I know hey, you're good for it. You know, got to well. do what you got to do. When is your son taking over? Because I'm sick and tired of seeing your face. Yo. Oh,
2: that'll be a that'll be a great time. When I die.
3: Oh, well. Every dog has their day, Joe. Well every, I, every day above ground's a good day. That's right. Yeah. Matt, and don't wear those stupid glasses ever again, by the way. I gotta see, Danny. I'm sorry. Well, pick a different color. Unless you're colorblind too.
1: Well, uh you know, this this dumbass is uh is probably colorblind and uh a lot of other things, but one thing I know for sure is that I am excited to see you here at the Mecca this Sunday at five My PM. God,
3: that means so much to me, Matt. Joe, Matt so excited to see me on Sunday. There you go. That's the only reason he's coming to the show. Oh my God, that 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 really warms my heart, Matt. Thank you so much for your sentiments.
1: I'm a I'm a bodega guy, man.
3: Yes. Yeah? Hey, well, welcome to the bodega. We can get anything you need, including a beatdown, Papi. Joe, I'll see you Sunday. I'll see you Sunday, bro. Tell your boys to get ready. We'll do.
1: And there we have it, Tanny Limelight. A surprise pop in and uh man you know Joe's getting
3: these
2: links? Why are these guys getting links? <laughs>
1: I don't know You're man. giving
2: away like water.
1: Seriously. Uh
2: <laughs> well at least uh, it's not Brett the threat piping in.
1: No, no. I, I think we've I think we figured out how to block Brett, so I think we're okay.
2: Right, you can't pipe in unless you like wrestled for AEW or MLW or New Japan. You know, those are the only people that could chime in.
1: Yeah. Otherwise it's a total hack. So uh, unless they can hack the, uh, the stream yard, then we're good. Um, Joe, that's it, man. Here it comes Mecca on Sunday. I can't wait to see what happens. I know that the fans are heavily anticipating this. And uh, I'm telling you, from top to bottom, like you said, no bathroom breaks. There's no nacho matches. Uh, This is definitely a card to sit down, enjoy, and um, really appreciate uh, what FSW brings to Las Vegas and to uh, pro wrestling.
2: And the main card, I'll give it away, the opening match of the night will be for the Nevada State Championship, Gregory Sharp versus Davy Richards. So, that's a main event on any show anywhere. Yep.
1: And you can't get any better than that to start off the show. And uh, it's going to be fun to see what Greg Sharp can do with Davy Richards now that they know each other fairly well as, as well. So, man, it's exciting. It's going to be 5 p.m. Pacific time at the Silver Nugget. Again, you can watch on Fight TV if you're not in Vegas, $14.99. Uh, go ahead and start uh, putting in the buys for the pay-per-view now. And uh, like I said, you can watch it anytime uh, if you can't watch it live. And uh, if you're here in Vegas, come on down. Buy a ticket. You don't have to eat. Pre-sale is always good, but if it's a walk-up, Joe, you know those walk-ups are phenomenal sometimes pays the bills
2: pays the bills sometimes (laughs) all right everyone hope you're excited for rebecca
1: like i am and until next week when we hear about how it went uh we hope that you guys have a wonderful week and hope to see you at the mecca